2 Timothy 1 and 5. We've been on this for uh, a few weeks now, and uh, we call it true faith. And we'll continue this morning. Fifth verse says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that's in you which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in you also... He said, there's something in you, Timothy, that was in your grandma, and it was in your mama, and it's in you. And what was it? Faith. But he described, he he gave a a descriptor. What kind of faith? Unfeigned faith. Now, we don't use that word feigned so much uh, anymore. Uh, a little bit you, you see, but not in, in normal usage. But feign means pretend. Pretend. Uh, one translation says unhypocritical faith. Another one says uh, real faith, genuine faith. One says true faith. Well, if there's an unhypocritical faith, what other kind must there be? There must be a hypocritical faith, or you wouldn't have to say unhypocritical. If there is a genuine faith, what else must there be? There must be a fake faith, a phony faith, right? If there's a true faith, there must be a false faith. And so he's he's talked about this, and that's what our title is, true faith. There is that which is called faith, but it's not. Probably you've heard about, known about things that people said, God told me to do this, or I'm just stepping out to do this by faith, and it ended badly. There are people that are dead because they supposedly were doing something by faith, right? You've heard about it. Things have been on the news. Uh, You know, people, uh, some, some of them in jail because of things that they did, and then they were judged later to have been negligent in this area or that, and they said they were doing something by faith. Uh, People decided to uh, step out in this area or that and and said, God told me, and I'm believing. Well, that, that also brings reproach on other people that talk about faith, people like us, and they say, oh, see there, there's nothing to that so-called faith stuff. Look there, you know what happened? That's just a bunch of junk. But, uh, God cannot fail, and his word cannot fail. So real faith in God is not going to fail. Real faith in his word is not going to fail. But the thing is, there, are, there is that, obviously, that's called faith. And to the undiscerning, it looks like faith to them. It sounds like faith to them because they don't know much about faith. But it's not really faith. Now, 2 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, we've looked at this before, but 2 Corinthians 13, uh, verse 5, says, examine yourselves, the NIV says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. The Good News translation says, uh, put yourself to the test and judge yourself to find out whether you're living in faith. The New Living says, examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. So we're charged by the word to check up on ourselves, test ourselves, examine ourselves for what? 
Is this really faith? Now, I've, I've exhorted you and, and, and me, and let's do it again. We're not preaching to somebody else this morning. We're preaching to Faith Life Church, right? E-members and everybody, but Faith Life Church. And uh, we need to examine every time we open our mouth and say, I'm believing this. I'm believing for that. I'm in faith about this. Are we supposed to check up on ourselves and go, are you really now? Not talking about me judging you or you judging me, talking about us judging ourselves, And going now, I, you know, I've had numerous times uh, that people said, I'm, I'm believing for this and I'm believing for that. And uh, I said, based on what? How? And sometimes they look at you startled like, I'm just believing. And, and sometimes people have thought that believing is just, you just pick something off the top of your head and I'm just gonna believe this happens. Well, No. Believing is not based on nothing. Believing is based on the most solid thing in all time and eternity. If you have faith in me, it's only based on what I told you. If you got faith in God, how does it come? Comes by hearing and hearing what he told you, right? So you can't just say, I'm gonna believe this. Well, no. It has to be, if you're going to believe God's doing something, it's got to be based on what he told you. Faith is not based on nothing. Uh, you know, desire isn't faith. Wanting something, even wanting something tremendously is no sign that you're in faith about it. We need to differentiate. And so there's empty talk. And sometimes there's big talk. Somebody say big talk. big talk. Go with me over to Judges. I want you to notice this. Judges, the, uh, what is it? The ninth chapter. He said in verse 26, uh, Gal, the son of Ebed, came with his brethren and went over to Shechem. And the men of Shechem put their confidence in him. Somebody say confidence. They put their confidence in him. Did you know that confidence is a, is a faith word? Anybody remember Hebrews 11.1? 1? Defines what faith is. And it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, other translations bring, this, bring it out like this. The, the New Living says, faith is the confidence. Somebody say confidence. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Confidence. If you are in faith, you have confidence about what you're expecting. Hmm? Confidence. Let's say if you're in faith about your healing, then you are confidently expecting changes in your body, right? If you're in faith about your finances, then you are confidently expecting money to come in, things to be changed, right? Whatever it takes to get you out of your problem and in good shape again. Confidence, say it out loud, confidence. Confidence. Now, here it says, they put their confidence in this man. 
Well, you know, Psalm 118.8, don't turn there, but Psalm 118.8 says, it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men, in man. And you can see that sure was the case with these guys as the story goes on. They put their confidence in this fellow named uh, Gael. And anyway, uh, he begins to talk in verse 28. Gael, the son of Ebed, this is the guy they put their confidence in. He said, who is Abimelech? Now, Abimelech was the head guy in charge. Who's a, it's like talking about the president. Who is Abimelech? Who is Shechem? that we should serve him. Is not he the son of Jer- Jeroboam and Zebo his officer? Serve the men of Hamor, the father of Shechem, for why should we serve him? I would to God this people was under my hand. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. We don't need them in charge. Well, who do we need? Well, I'm available. <laughs> See, motive there. And now, uh, He said, would to God the people were under my hand, I would remove Abimelech. And he said to Abimelech, of course, Abimelech wasn't there. But he said, increase your army and come out. He's doing some talking. And when Zebo, the ruler of the city, heard the words of Gael, the son of Ebed, his anger was kindled. He sent messengers to Abimelech privately. He said, Gael, the son of Ebed, and his brethren are in Shechem, and they're fortifying the city against you. Now you get up by night and come, the people that's with you, and lie awake in the field. It'll be that in the morning, soon as the sun is, is up, you'll rise early and set on the city. And behold, uh, he and the people that's with him will come out against you, and you can do to them as you shall find occasion. And Abimelech rose up, and all the people that were with him by night, and they laid wait against Shechem in the four companies. And Gael, the son of Ebed, went out and stood in the entering of the city, gate of the city, and Abimelech rose up and the people that were with him from lying in wait. And when Gael saw the people, he said to Zebul, behold, there's people coming down from the top of the mountain. Zebul said to him, you just see in shadows. Uh, They just look like men. And Gael spoke again. He said, no, look, there's people coming down in the middle of the land. And there's another company coming over there by the plan of Meonim. And then said Zebul, where is your mouth now? The, the NIV says, uh, where's your big talk? Where's your big talk now? You said, who is Abimelech that we should serve him? He said, so uh, go on out there and fight. <laughs> there he is. And without reading the rest of it, uh, they got whooped real bad. <laughs> and his big talk meant nothing. But I just read all that, you know, I wanted you to, to hear that phrase, where is your mouth now? Where is your big talk now? They put confidence in this man, which was equal to putting confidence in his big talk. And they missed it. And they followed the wrong people. And they got messed up. Now, when talking about fake faith, this is part of it. There are people that talk a big talk, but there's no confidence, there's no real faith there. But there's this thing about pride, and don't don't think there's no problem with pride. Everybody in here has to deal with pride. Everybody. Everybody. 
And one of the things about pride is it, it wants to impress. Pride wants to impress. That's how stories get bigger and bigger. We all know about fishing stories. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, people try to impress, uh, you know, exaggerating that things are bigger, that there was more money, that it was a greater experience, but also people try to impress you with how bad it is, don't they? Boy, you think you hurt when that thing happened. Let me tell you what hurting is. Man, I, ooh. You think your operation was bad. And just get to exaggerating about how bad it was trying to impress. And there's phoniness. And there's fakeness. And there's lying. Well, this happens in so-called word and faith circles. And people so many times not wanting to be outdone will try to jump in. Somebody says, you know, we're going to believe for this. We're going to believe to uh, take over the state of Texas and and turn it into one big church. And and we're going to believe for, you know, $80 billion by the end of the month. We're going to believe. Y'all going to believe with us? (laughs) And, And people are like, uh, uh, well, yeah, woo, yeah, glory. <laughs> now, do y'all know what I'm talking about or not? Big talk. Big talk does not necessitate big faith. And how do you know the difference? Well, faith is confidence. And if you don't have confidence, now faith is the confidence of things expected. People talk a bunch of things, but are they really persuaded in their heart about it? Are they really expecting this to come to pass? You either have the confidence or you don't. You can't just work it up. And so we need to be honest. And what has happened, and I've seen this, What has happened is people got this great big deal that they're saying we're going to believe for and we're going to believe that this happens and people are, uh, they don't want to admit if your faith is bigger or your vision is bigger than mine so they want to go, yeah, 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 we'll believe with you and what they wind up doing is pretending to believe and this would be the feigned faith, the fake faith. They're pretending to believe it. Well, what if these people are pretending to believe their self? then you're pretending to believe what they're pretending to believe. And the whole bunch is pretending and there's no faith here and it, and it flops and we'd have to say, where's your big mouth now? Where's your big talk now? Nothing, there's nothing to show. <laughs> we, we must be honest about what we see inside and what we don't. We must be honest with ourselves and with other people about where our confidence level is. I know uh, in healing school some years ago, I was was learning this. Uh, I'd been studying and preaching on according to your faith, be it unto you. You know, the Lord said that numerous times, didn't he? He didn't just say according to my power, but according to what? 
your faith. And I went by to visit a, a person that was in the hospital and they were in a bad way. And they were getting worse every day. I mean, they were going down fast. The doctor said they didn't have long. And uh, previously, my, my mindset had been, you know, God can do anything. God can bring them out of this bed just like this. And he can. But do we receive according to what God can do? No. We don't. How do we receive? According to our faith. And, and that faith is, is evidenced by confidence. Somebody say confidence. Confidence to expect something. Not playing, not pretending, not big talk. Real confidence. So I, I went by and talked to this person and they're in pain. And they, I can tell in talking to them a few minutes, they, they are not ready to believe at a high level. And, and the Lord prompted me. Some confidence came up in me. About what? To, for us to pray and agree together that tomorrow they wouldn't be any worse. Amen. So, well, what is that? Hey, when you've been getting worse radically every day, that's a, that's a victory. That's a miracle. But why did the Lord give me that? I knew it as soon as I brought it up to the person. They were hurting. You know, they were distracted. And I said, brother, I believe, I got confidence that we could pray and agree together and you would not be worse tomorrow. Now, when I, when I said it to them, I saw a little light in their eyes because they thought I'm going to say, let's jump out of the bed right now and run around the hospital, you know, and they weren't there. But I saw a little light in their eyes and he said, yeah, let's do it. So we prayed and we agreed together as touching that thing and, 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 and asked the Lord and, and believed. Well, the next day, what do you think? What do you think? He wasn't any worse. He wasn't any better, but he wasn't any worse. So we praised God. We said, this is a victory. This is a victory. So what do you think we did this time now? I said, well, brother, God's, God's done this for you. Let's believe tomorrow that you're better, at least a little. Well, see, it'd be a victory if you just didn't get any worse again. But we're going to say our faith is inspired now. We're stirred up. Our confidence, our confidence is coming up. Well, we did it, and tomorrow he was a little. Not a whole lot, not a whole lot, but a little. And the next day he was a little better. And I got busy with some other things, and I came back a few days later, and he wasn't there. I said, what? I said, he got so good, we sent him home. <laughs> glory, glory to God. But now what if we'd have jumped up and said, we're going to just believe that you jump out of bed and run home right now? Unless, unless we really had that confidence, we're just talking big talk. We're just playing. We're just pretending. And you can yell and you can scream when you pray and you can shake and you can do all kind of stuff. But if the confidence ain't there, it's not there. And a lot of times people are making extra noise to try to make up for the fact that it's not there. <laughs> I said a lot of times, people are making a lot of noise trying to hide the fact, cover up the fact that the confidence is not really there. <laughs> Go with me to 1 John, please. 
And when you hear, somebody says, well, what if, what if my faith is not really there? Then you need to hear, don't you? You need to hear and hear. That's one reason we got healing school, right? So you can hear. So you can hear and hear. And if your faith, your confidence is not there, it's a wonderful thing. You can get there through what you hear, through what you choose not to hear and what you choose to hear. Hearing the wrong thing can rob you of your confidence. Hearing the right thing can cause your confidence to raise, to come up higher. 1 John 5. This gives us some insight into how faith comes, by hearing. And you see this word confidence again. 1 John 5. <clears throat> and uh, down about verse 6. It says, This is he that came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that bears witness because the Spirit is truth. Say it out loud, the Spirit bears witness. The Spirit is truth. Now according to Romans 8.16, which we've studied in times past, the Spirit bears witness with our spirit. We're the children of God. As many as are led by the Spirit, they're the children of God, and the Spirit bears witness. What does it mean, bears witness? There's somebody inside you besides you. Does that make sense? Now you are in your body. You're not just a mind and a body. You're a spirit being. And you have a mind. And you're in this body. So your body is occupied by you, your spirit. But since you've been born again, somebody else moved in with you. <laughs> you are not just a single occupancy body. Didn't Jesus say the spirit is with you, but now he's gonna be in you? And he is. Somebody said out loud, the Spirit's in me. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth is in me. Now, does he do anything in you? Among other things, Jesus said, you know, when he's come, he will teach you all things. He'll bring things to your remembrance that I've said to you. He'll lead and guide you into all the truth. He'll show you things to come. Didn't he say all that? Is that happening for you? Believe it. Say it, but one of the, the uh, how should I say it, the, the means of doing these things is through the witness. Now, a witness is not necessarily a voice. Don't try to hear voices. Don't try to see things. Don't try to feel things. Don't go by goosebumps. Mr. <laughs> well, I... I just, I just had goosebumps. That could mean all kind of stuff. 
That could mean the devil. That could mean too much pizza. That, that could mean they just turned the thermostat down some more. That, that could mean nothing. Huh? We're not to be led externally by feelings. We're to be led internally by the witness. Somebody say the witness. Now I haven't digressed because this is where your confidence comes from. Whether you're reading the word or whether you're in prayer or whether you're walking down the road and the spirit of God deals with you about something and bears witness with you on something, confidence is the result or faith is the result. Faith. Somebody say again, the witness. Now, we touched on this in, in the first service. It'll bear repetition. People are misled so many times by not looking for the witness and by ignoring the lack of witness. I said ignoring the lack of witness. The Lord has spared Phyllis and I and the ministry and the church numerous times from people that would have taken advantage of us. And a lot of people, a lot of con men and women, they think people like you and me are easy marks because we're believers. Man, we believe in the impossible, <laughs> right? We believe amazing things can happen and they think that makes us easy marks so they'll come and say, oh, you know, God's given me a plan. If you'll just invest $10,000 with me, we're gonna turn it into 100,000, you know, by, by the end of two months. We're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. We think, well, man, I've been believing for some kind of breakthrough. This must be it. We say, well, give me your money. <laughs> Well, uh, well uh, show me some paperwork. Show me some assets. Oh, brother, it's a faith deal. You just got to take it by faith. And you just got to believe by faith. 